0: Welcome in to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford, along with you. And in front of a live audience for today's episode, today we'll be taking a look at building and growing a culture of learning in the workplace, as well as some of the skill gaps companies are trying to fill in the 21st century. Brandon, Mike, pleasure to be with you. Brandon, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm doing great. This is an exciting day. We're presenting to 90 or so of our uh, colleagues. Although, just to, to get disambiggy with it, uh, this is there aren't live in person in studio with us so when you don't hear them laughing or clapping it yes. doesn't mean we weren't funny or
2: awesome yeah they're all probably laughing and clapping and, clapping, and I, we just can't hear that the
1: only reason they stop clapping is to type so i <laughs> like that's uh they you're out there uh, they are out there uh, thanks for joining uh excited this is a new form factor for us and uh, excited to give this a try
2: and mike how are you doing this week I'm doing good. Uh, we have lights on and we have a camera in the pod room. So uh, all we need is action. All we need is action. So like Brandon and I are trying to figure out when to look at the camera versus when to engage with each other with our, our non-verbals. So, uh, so I thought that's kind of exciting. And uh, and also I think it may be a signal of things to come. So like we, uh, we're going to live stream this as a test, but then uh, future episodes may also be available as videos. So uh, we like to say we have... Uh, I like to say I at least have a face for podcasting. Uh, this is a nice opportunity. I like to say that about your face too. <laughs> well, yeah. and, my, and my face is here, uh, but you're just hearing it. So uh, so welcome. Welcome, listeners.
0: And so, Brandon, we kick off the discussion. Uh, we have four different articles that may lend themselves to the discussion today. We'll show them uh, out on Twitter when this goes out to the public. We share them with the audience ahead of time uh, who are attending this webinar. Uh, one of them, the main crux where we started off was uh, from uh, – the Harvard Business Review, about four ways to create a learning culture on your team, uh, four points of how to sort of build out a team that is curious and always looking to learn. What'd you take from this article? Were all four points salient to you or did you feel like one was more of a hit than the others?
1: You know, I love a list. So, I mean, four is kind of a short list, I guess. I mean, is, is two the shortest possible list? Can
2: you have a list of one? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good
1: question. That's a philosophical question for maybe another day. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love a list. I'll just read them since that's often my job. Yeah, you're uh, good at it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, so the four things in this, this article, uh, at least the one, Dan, I think you're referencing is four ways to create a learning culture on your team. It's an HBR, HBR article. That's uh, a tongue twister. Um, so the four, the four ways are one, reward continuous learning. Two, give meaningful and constructive feedback. Three, lead by example. And four, hire curious people. I think all four are good, actually. And um, you know, as a, a, in fact, one of the things that we're doing here today is uh, sharing this with some of our Kaplan colleagues as part of what we call ABL day, hashtag ABL day, if mm-hmm. you will, and you should uh, always be learning. We've talked about that on the pod before. So we're trying to do some of those things. We've invited um, some curious people. I, they're, they're curious meaning that they're interested in things. Uh, curious people into the, uh, into the pod with us today. Uh, and we're, we're short, sort of showing this is what we do. So I, they, these four things all spoke to me. I've got some some deeper cuts later uh, in about the article, but uh, Mike, how about you? thoughts on uh, on this?
2: Yeah, I, I thought they all made sense. Uh, I don't know how many of them are surprising. Uh, I thought that might be an interesting uh, angle as well like which of these are maybe non-obvious, uh, which is something we also try to we aspire to, I guess, not just identifying trends, but also maybe uh, finding some that uh, maybe are, are more insightful or uh, surprising in some interesting ways. Um, maybe the one about um, feedback uh, might be the one that, that is probably the, that resonated the most to me as uh, uh, how there are some uh, challenges around giving meaningful and constructive feedback that, uh, that might be the, the trickiest one of the four. To execute against um but i thought just ge- generally as an aspiration building a culture of learning and uh and sort of making uh, your workplace a safe place to learn um is something we've talked a lot about and it's increasingly becoming uh a, a competitive necessity right so like if you don't build a you know it's a, it's a right. business review article if you don't build a culture of learning somebody else will, they might be your competitor, and you might soon be in a really uh, dangerous place if you're not able to do it. So it's both fulfilling and rewarding for a learning company, we should be doing it. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, there are some competitive implications that, uh, you know, uh, it's great to get the, the listenership uh, within our organization. Because um, I feel like we are, we are kind of moving the needle in that way. We're trying to build Build a pl- leading by example and building a culture where uh, we're learning both about skills that you apply in your day to day job, but also more broadly, uh, staying curious, staying hungry. Like yeah, that's, uh, that's really what we're all about.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and you know, I, I we've said a number of these things on the pods past already, but um, learning is very human. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, there's it satisfies a desire that I think a lot of us have, and a lot of us have to a, a great degree to keep learning. And I've often said that there's this isn't your grandmother's workplace. There's no bright line division between at work you and not at work you. And so if at work you is not learning, mm-hmm. especially with the way that sort of work pervades our life, there's there's not a you can't just sort of cordon off some short period of of your life for learning. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't dedicate time for deeper kind of learning, but I I, I would say if you're not able to bring that into really all that you do, you're not doing it as much as you could or should. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have one, one sort of deep cut on this article was um, from the section that you were just citing. Uh, there was a, um, a note in here that people are generally unaware of their ignorance and limitations. So guidance and feedback from others is critical to helping them improve. And there's a hyperlink that links out to um, there is, I think, the proof point to the American Psychological Association, APA PsychNet, which I don't have access to, so I, I, I have nothing else to offer other than this insight, which is um, the, the user login gives you the selection if you have gold, gold plus, or platinum uh-huh. access, which I think is like one would assume that these psychologists are savvy around this. So yeah. t- should we interpret that from this, that like gold, gold plus, and platinum? Should we start be calling our, our, our products that because that's what they offer? Mm. I'm not, I think, but, but if they haven't applied their own research to their own nomenclature, I I might
2: encourage them to. Yeah. I don't know how much the APA has experienced product marketers, uh, on that. They They know a lot about the brain. They do. Yeah, they do. It's interesting. Membership levels. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's also like, uh, you know, in terms of the metals, like gold and gold plus it's like, That seems a little lazy, right? You could have pulled another mineral or, uh, you know, add a diamond level and a a double platinum or or go down to silver. Like there's, there's plenty of directions you could have taken.
1: Yeah. I mean, the fact that there's no silver would suggest that it's
2: like it's so, so. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. I would have
0: preferred to see vibranium, but uh, maybe for a different day. Um, Here's my other
1: one, Dan. Let me just get my other one off uh, uh, on the pod. So um, another uh, fact that was cited um, research found that only 10% of organizations have managed to create learning networks or you know learning cultures with just 20% of employees demonstrating effective learning behaviors at work. Mm-hmm. So three things about this. One, I hope that we are a place or are becoming a place that's in that 10%. The math on this is interesting. So is it 100% of the people at the 10% of the organizations and 11% of the people at the other 90% of the organizations gets to your 20%? Or mm-hmm. is it, I wonder if that the, or the employees one would hope that at the 10% oversample towards, you know, uh, def- demonstrating effective learning behaviors at work, or are that 10, 10- is that 10% really all that successful?
2: Right. The math there is interesting. It is. And, and also the measurement side of it is interesting too. Like how do you understand, how do you qualify as demonstrating you know, good learning behavior. Yeah. Like how, how do you quantify that? Like how, how would we even assess our culture uh, on this, this calculus? Like it, it seems like they brought in experts who went in deep embedded with cultures and maybe surveyed them or maybe just observed. But, um, but I was kind of curious around the methodology. How do you, because it's probably a continuum and then how do you sort of get on the right side of the continuum? You yeah. Know, like how do you sort of qualify as a, as a mature learning culture? How do th- you measure that?
1: I think that's interesting. And we had a, a to bring in a question from our live audience yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, one of our audience members asked, uh, hiring curious people, how do you sort of select for that in an interview process? Mm. So I, I, I have an answer. I'll, I'll give Mike. You, you hire folks too. You may mm-hmm. have an answer also. Yeah. So one, I try to ask the same questions to all of the people who I hire. So I have a, you know, even though interviews are intended to be conversational, there's at least a framework that I can compare across individuals. One of the th- first things that I ask is, what do you understand about the job and what does success look like in the role? Mm-hmm. I ask those, those two questions as, a, as the lead questions to every interview, no matter the job. Yep. And I think that the answers that one gets to those questions is interesting. It, it demonstrates retention, and it demonstrates what have people, how have they found out what? So have they learned what the job is and what success looks like? How have how has they how have they found that out? Mm-hmm. Uh, what research have they done? Yep. Um, and then I I often ask them about something that they have learned, mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't matter what the answer is. It's more. It doesn't matter the content of what the answer is. It matters sort of the construct and context of the answer that they give. So that's my answer. And Mm -hmm. I I do, I've often said I would rather hire for attitude and aptitude, even over experience. Not that experience doesn't matter, but getting really smart and curious people positive people uh, and that's a lot of the people that we've we've tried to hire here at kaplan Um, i think that those people end up taking you farther in most cases
2: yeah yeah i I would agree and i I would say the related thing that i look for is has this person demonstrated curiosity and learning across multiple dimensions so like i don't want to i don't want to hire someone who's only learning about a particular like a relatively narrow set of skills i prefer to find someone who uh, you know, I like to to analogize to the five tool player, but like someone who, you know, maybe has uh, outside interests in addition to a passion for learning and maybe some technical expertise, you know, maybe some interest in the arts or some interest in, um, uh, you know, taking some Coursera courses, uh, you know, or um, just having a perspective on uh, learning. Uh, and then the last thing very simply is, you know, at the end of an interview, when you ask someone, uh, you know, do you have any questions for me? And if they don't, that's kind of signaling that they're not particularly curious. They also didn't prep. Uh, but, um, but, I, but you frequently know if someone's curious just by, by virtue of them asking you questions in addition to you asking them. So like just understanding that the interview is a two-way process. And uh, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable asking the interviewer a few questions that are from a genuine place, I, I think frequently that signals that, that you are curious.
0: I'm glad to have checked off a few boxes there, but uh, we can continue on uh, Get this as we- job,
2: Dan. You interviewed beautifully, Dan. It was many yes. years ago, I'll never forget it.
0: Many, many moons. Uh, but we continue on here. Uh, the uh, four subjects there, Mike, we also have a few other articles that we're leaning on a bit. Um, one that stands out really to me, amongst all four there in the HBR, and what you both were just talking about, is just communication. Mm-hmm. Like the ability to communicate, the ability to uh, be open, and, and communication isn't a one-way street. It's being able to listen and you know, uh, internalize and understand and then react, not feel like you need to jump right away and say something or, or answer to critiques. A good article we took, uh, I believe it was Inc.com, about communication. Well, How do you tie that in here about the, the idea of being able to communicate well, being curious and, and learning at work and learning in life?
2: Yeah, I mean we will share a few other articles. There's one uh from Jeff Weiner from uh from LinkedIn talking about uh which skills uh employees lack the most these days and a uh, a related one uh from EdSurge about how to test uh people's ability to co- be good collaborators. Um I think they're both speaking to the the fundamental need for uh communication skills for social emotional uh savvy uh and the ability to engage with with other humans and that's even in light of the emerging skills around machine learning and ux and data science and all like the the new domains that are emerging at a more fundamental level the skills that are most fundamental are being a good collaborator a good listener having curiosity having humility uh and also having an openness to throw yourself into new areas to learn um and um there's another article that, uh, that we just found uh, right towards the end about uh, the importance of uh, sharp generalists in a workforce as well, which is rather than uh, being overly deferential to expertise, you stay inquisitive about expertise and you continue to sort of round out uh, your capability set. Uh, a lot of research has tied that uh, orientation to better ideation, better innovation and creativity where Otherwise you become um, a little too fractured in your thinking and you don't think it's my responsibility from where I sit to come up with a great new idea. Um, one of the data points that was shared in in this article uh, from uh, theconversation.com, which I hadn't really heard about before, uh, was that more patents typically come from organizations that have less specialization and more generalists. And I think as innovation and creativity is tied more towards uh, you know, having a, an advanced degree or ten or fifteen years of specialization, um, that can actually limit an organization's ability to to be genuinely innovative. And then the flip side of that, I think, is a lot of the mission of uh, of uh, always be learning, which is uh, stay inquisitive, stay hungry, like try to learn outside of your your current swim lane, because uh, that that that's ultimately where interesting ideas start to emerge. It's more the intersection. Of you know arts and sciences, or engineering and content, or whichever domains you're kind of uh, combining, um, frequently that's where where real innovation and insight uh, emerges.
1: Yeah, I think um, just to pick up on a couple of these topics. Uh, we've talked on the pod a lot about the workforce and workplace of the future mm-hmm. and people not having one career, but having seven careers. Yep. And even if it's at the same organization, I mm-hmm. think about our organization where I've been for 18 years and the types of jobs that we have for today, even with some of the same people that we have today are very different than when I started 18 years ago. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, 18 years from now and increasingly short cycles will continue to change. And, when you think about that, like that can it can feel a little overwhelming? Thinking that you need to upskill, reskill yourself so many times. One thing that it seems like is going to be consistent, though, is some of these some of these skills that are going to be required in whatever job in a workforce of the future, workplace of the future, communication skills being one that was cited as the biggest gap that you that U.S employees have today, yep. collaboration skills, innovation skills. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, um, you know, encouraging everybody listening to this pod live, listening to the pod when it drops, uh, how whatever it is, wherever you are in your career and wherever your career is going to take you, I would say that you're going to end up, reaping the benefits from whatever investment you make in these communication skills and collaboration skills and innovation skills Mm because they're gonna they're gonna come in handy no matter what you're doing
2: yeah and and, uh, a lot of it ties to the future of work where like more and more um like rote tasks are going to be automated in which case uh what's unique about human intelligence relative to uh machine learning and artificial intelligence is ours is more generalized and uh, and and is more ready to be thrown into novel stimuli, you know, like machines. As much as they're uh, they're becoming increasingly essential, they need to be burned in on a lot of data to actually begin to achieve what we've sort of evolved over millions of years to be able to do. Um, you know, increasingly, um, it's almost like the openness, the growth mindset, which we talk about a lot, um, is is actually a. It allows you to unlock the fullness of your human potential and we need to become more fully human as the things that maybe we value less become automated um and that really requires more of a mindset you were talking about you know hiring for attitude and aptitude um, the attitude in many ways comes through in that mindset for are sure. like i'm going to figure it out and believing that when someone says you know when i stick my mind you know when i stick to my guns when I actually get in there and I figure it out, I'm going to get you there. And it's almost like a, uh, it's an interesting mix of curiosity and humility, uh, with confidence. Right. You There's know, like so, the,
1: the stick to itiveness along yeah. with the Intuitiveness. I yeah. think it's
2: both. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah,
1: a- just one other call from this article on the communication skills piece. I, I like this. I, I'm going to, I'm going to come a butt in a second, but, um, Uh, first, uh, the, the author says to practice the weight principle, if it helps, uh, the principle of why am I talking? Mm -hmm. That's what the acronym weight stands for there instead of listening. So when you're talking, I think this is actually pretty good. So I like this, uh, to, to say, why am I talking? Um, I've never practiced this principle myself. I'm not inspired to myself practice this principle, but I can't wait to see others embrace it. Um, so that's one, but then, so here's the comma, but he then goes out. He's like, man, wait, that was good. Let me do that again. So that later it says, uh, I use this reminder to keep nonverbal cues top of mind and avoid letting poor nonverbal cues fester. Mm. Fester is itself. I won't read all these out, but fester is an acronym. And then yeah. I offer another acronym. He's like, ah, why well, I have two if you can have three to help you cut to the chase and keep your communications sharp. Ah yeah
2: and sharp stands for something
1: sure does, yeah, uh, so check it out if you 're interested i you know I think mnemonics my my sort of glibness aside, I think mnemonics are are, are helpful mm-hmm. um, I think it's funny when someone goes back to the well multiple times yes. but uh, um, you know that the whatever whatever works for you, I guess I would say, because communication skills, as you 've just been discussing, whether you 're sort of using a crutch like a mnemonic or whether you 're sort of just embracing it into. Your thoughtful, your sort of cognition, your active cognition. Um, I think it's it, it's good. Yeah, uh, better is better.
2: Yeah, and why am I talking? Uh, is interesting when you also pair it with like wart. Like, why aren't I listening? Where? T- I, don't, I don't even know how to do wherefore, that. Wherefore art thou? But it, it's a lot, a lot of there, words. I think there's an L in there too. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like the idea of like, you know, conversations are multidirectional and they require. I mean, beyond, beyond the preschool level, like they do require listening as much as they require speaking. And then understanding that like, particularly with the, the array of distractions that are at our fingertips all the time, it's pretty easy to signal, I'm checked out until it's my chance to talk next. And that's the type of employee that many of these articles are actually warning against, where like, um, in addition to like, why am I talking? It's also like, how could I listen better? Like, How could I signal that I actually value the input from others, which I think also does tie to um, diversity and inclusion as well. Like how do I make sure the voices who aren't typically heard have an opportunity? Because yeah, yeah, we all leave awake. You know, Andy Tempty uh, uh, was former guest on the show, uh, president of Kaplan Professional. Um, he, He writes about that, you know, he's a avid boater. And uh, you know, there's sort of the etiquette of the waterways where like when you're boating, you have to remember that you, know, you leave awake and if you're in a bigger ship and somebody's on a paddleboard next to you, you know, remember you might knock them over. I think it's easy at times when folks uh, you know, sort of advance through their careers by being in a leadership position to, to think about speaking first, rather than thinking about when they're speaking, they're actually preventing someone who may be shyer and may not be as natural uh, a communicator, an opportunity to, to to develop those skills. So like, it is something I think we all need to um, stay conscious of really on on all ends of the spectrum. So like, if you typically don't put yourself out there, uh, I, I think of myself as a recovering uh, introvert, um, you have to kind of, I'm no longer that, uh, because like you, you, you sort of, you develop the, the confidence and the, and the ability to, to sort of put yourself out there um, by, by asserting yourself, putting yourself in those uncomfortable places, and then similarly, people who are particularly well-spoken and clear thinkers, at times allowing people to kind of develop and you know uh, understanding that the whole both ends of the spectrum actually need to kind of understand how to meet in the middle to to really foster the right the right kind of norms within a culture. I think that that's really important
0: seems like a strong case for if you're not listening, you can't be learning. If you're not listening to what other people are saying, you can't learn from them and understand what they're, they're saying to you. So uh, great points all around. Brandon, to you, how do you continue to learn? Like, How do you either force yourself? How do you make a schedule for it? How do you make a concerted effort uh, to make sure that you are attacking new topics and trying to stay on top of uh, things fully within your lane and things that may be adjacent or even far afield?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a great question. So um, I try to consume as much new information that is interesting, and I'm interested. I we've done strengths finders, and I I've, uh, I'm I have inputs, and learner, and analytical. I've got like all the things coming in, um, so I, I'm I'm interested in lots. Um, but I, I try to consume as much as I can from as many different sources as I can. So one of the things that I mentioned it about for this for this pod that that you and Mike have have really been great at sourcing information that I think have made for richer conversations on these pods, um, and the same thing happens all throughout my organization um, with with people above me in the organization, my peers, people in my on my team. Um, I, I have learned from really all parts of the organization from either experience they've had or, or probably just as, or more frequently sourcing articles, podcasts, et cetera. I do less long form reading than I used to. And that's one of the things that, um, as I was thinking about things I want to do more of, I'd like to reincorporate more of that into, into my life. Uh, much of my consumption is audio now, Um, I, I'm not just a a, a host. I'm also a listener to uh, lots of podcasts. Uh, I have a 30 minute walk door to door, both ways, commute uh, uphill, both ways uh, to my office. So I get, you know, I get a good hour of walking through New York city and sort of uh, half
2: paying attention to the streets, dodging uh, dodging oncoming traffic. Yeah, rare, yeah.
1: half. Uh, there's lots, to be lots of halfs. So you're half listening. Yeah, uh, half sort of contemplating. Half paying attention to where I'm walking. It's um, I give 150 percent really, and all I do. Uh, but that that's for me mostly. Um, where uh, yes, picking up pennies. Uh, I've someone in the live audience has has, has apparently walked with me. Um, but uh, it's uh, it, it that, that's largely where I'm getting it. Um, I, I would uh, you may have this question for for Mike or Dan you may want to share too I want to before we move on to some Q&A I do want to um, plug we have a another session ABL day so this is a this is a day that, yeah. that's happening and for people who are listening on this pod who are not at Kaplan you won't be able to enjoy the rest of the day yeah So I think it's fine that like, this is, it's a, it's a, it's a PSA for what we do at Kaplan. It's
2: an example of building a learning culture. Correct.
1: I think it's still, it's, it's still in the, uh, under the umbrella. We we have another session at 2 PM, um, that Katie Stanfield on in our group is, is leading communicating with candor. Mm -hmm. I think that that goes to a lot of Mike, what you were saying about being thoughtful about the, yourself as the deliverer and the recipients of the things that you have to say the things that they have to say mm-hmm. uh, this is something that we in our organization are talking about and and I think um, you know I'm, I'm glad we're doing this and and sort of uh, opening up a little bit with what we do because I hope that most organizations or many organizations are, are having this kind of dialogue and if and if if they're not and if you like it Um, there's jobs at capital.com. Um, and it's probably not actually the site, uh, but there's a way to, to come, to come work uh, with us uh, as, uh, as well.
0: Uh, Mike, uh, as uh, Brandon teases out the rest of the day, uh, what about yourself from a learning perspective? And how do you promote learning on on your team? Like, how do you push that envelope to make sure that the people who are working for you are, are continuing to to learn? Which may even take them away from your team. Like that—that's a a possibility. As people learn more and learn new skills, uh, upskill, they could leave the company. They could leave your team. How do you make that that point and make sure that uh, they're following through on that?
2: Yeah, I I, I think you got to signal that it's okay to be looking outside of your day to day for inputs. And uh, that's also, I try to lead by example too. So uh, I try to curate and connect to things that are uh, adjacent to us that are happening in the outside world and then uh, sort of reinforce and encourage my team to actually do the same thing. So like, I'm I'm not gonna knock you for finding a really interesting article on Twitter. I'm gonna more wanna learn from you. Oh, how did you find that? Oh, who are you following? Let me do that as well so like this idea of uh, building hard and fast boundaries around um, what you should be doing in your work day versus what you should be doing in your private life and acting as though those two things are uh, mutually exclusive is sort of antithetical to everything that i stand for so like i actually believe that you should be integrating your work life into the things that you're passionate about and the things that are happening outside in the world so like, and I love rewarding people for making connections that I don't typically, I may not have made already. So like, um, it's great when they're reinforcing the thinking that I already have, but I love it when somebody surfaces something unique and different. Um, you know, we've been as, as a team, I think my, my, my team's very interested in uh, uh, data privacy and the, the interplay between uh, data privacy and convenience. And, um, you know, it sort of builds off itself. So like when you start sharing articles of that nature, you start to see emerging trends. And then ultimately that powers uh, this platform. So like, you know, if we were only thinking about our day-to-day responsibilities, we wouldn't really be able to be thoughtful about, um, you know, trends in learning and education. So uh, I think you got to build a culture um, that exists in the broader world, uh, rather than that is sort of insular and just heads down, focusing on what we need to be uh, accomplishing on a day-to-day, week-to-week.
0: Coming up on time here on this episode of training education, Brandon, Mike, any final thoughts before we uh, do say so long, we've had some great chat here uh, from our virtual audience, no questions as of yet, but any final thoughts from either of you before we say so long?
1: I mean, Dan, it's it's a real audience. Uh, They just, they just happen to be joining uh, through. Yeah, joining virtually, but lest people listening live think that we don't think you're real. You're real to us. Yeah. yeah, I'm just so excited. It's a, a version of what I said at the top. I, I just, I'm, I'm proud to work for an organization where we make learning a priority. Uh, I think I, I can learn more about just stuff in life, but also learning how to lead and learning. Um, so I'm, I welcome from, from folks who are on this uh, live with us, you know, offline from, from this pod, uh, please feel free to share any thoughts with me um, I, I, this is like the great human pursuit, in my, in my opinion, and I use this highfalutin language and intended to be so. Um, this is, this is a, a, a great, rewarding part of being alive and alive today like in, in with the accessibility of information, the, the diversity of information, diversity of voices that are sharing that. Um I think it's uh it it's great and I'm I'm glad we're able to take advantage of it. So uh happy ABL day. Uh, thanks for uh thanks for joining
0: us. Mike any final thoughts or head on to the close?
2: Uh yeah, I just just kind of building on Brandon's Brandon's thinking there like, you know, as more and more stuff uh gives us more free time and access to media and uh new ways to learn we're actually entering into a golden era of learning for humans. Uh, and I I think understanding your individual role as an employee, I'm thinking about it myself in the next, you know, 20 years of my career, what's going to look like, uh, I'm really bullish on it. Like I actually think the the self-improvement movement is really getting momentum, positive psychology, growth mindset, those kinds of things. That's going to dovetail beautifully with, uh, Kaplan's mission to become, uh, a really learning destination for everyone. Um, and I actually think the podcast can be a, 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 really, uh, driving force behind that, uh, as well as everyone who's, who's listening. So, um, yeah, very hopeful and, uh, really excited around, uh, around where we're headed.
0: A great discussion here. Appreciate the time from Brendan and Mike and also from all those participating here live, uh, those listening on download or on, uh, a uh, podcast app such as google podcasting or, or itunes we ask you uh to give us a five-star rating share us with a friend here this week uh share the podcast on social media share it with somebody you work with uh help us spread the word about trending in education find us on twitter at trending and ed same on facebook you can also check us out at trending in that will continue to grow over the next few weeks as well thanks so much for listening once again to trending in education